that you are having a wonderful, cozy new year so far and that you have been able to dream dreams and cast a vision for your household and your home. I have had a really good new year so far. This is my first Homemakers Chats video of the year. One of my visions for this year, especially with YouTube, is to be more consistent with doing these Homemaker Chats videos, just to sit down and talk with you about things that I'm doing with the work of my hands, and it's always fun to hear from you guys, your tips, and just all of your inspiration, what you're doing. It's been a lot of fun to interact with you on this area of the homemaking. So these will probably be a little bit longer winded, but something that I'm going to do, which I don't think we've ever done before, is I'm going to divide the video up into chapters. So I will have done that. You'll see below in the description box everything is divided up for you. So if something sparks your fancy more than others, you don't have to sit and listen through the whole thing if you don't want to. Um, but if you do, that's great too. Also, we do have a podcast that we upload everything to. So this will also be available on podcast if you'd rather listen to it rather than watch it. I will be showing you some things, but... Um, I feel like they're things you could probably imagine, or if you're listening to it and you want to come back and look at it, you can. But every video that Scott and I have done where we're chatting, it is all up on our podcast, which is on all podcast hosting uh, platforms. So that is available. I will link those below for you as well. And before we begin, I just want to uh, give a word for you. So that is something I also want to be consistent with is just getting in the word for these homemaking uh, chats because the word is a light unto our feet and a lamp unto our path and I've been really convicted this year about that word specifically like God's word is a lamp unto our feet and so if I'm not getting into this then then I could be walking in darkness and we so often strive to hear God's voice in every area of our life, and we have the Word of God straight in front of us. So I'm going to read Titus 2, starting at verse 3. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good, and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. I'm going to go grab my 26 translations Bible because there are some key words that I love from different translations that I feel are really helpful and inspiring. Okay, so here is my 26 translation Bible. So it's really cool. It takes, uh, so it's based off of the King James version. And then it also will give suggestions for what other translations recommend or the different ones. So it's it really helps um, with studying the Bible. So verse five, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good. And uh, that is the King James Version. And then um, the TCNT is to be discreet, pure-minded, domesticated, good women. The Beck translation, to use good judgment and be pure, to keep house and to be good. And then the 
Fi version is Home Lovers and Kind-Hearted. Obedient to their husbands is the next line. And then the other different translations say, uh, translated as being in subjection to their husbands, submitting themselves to their husbands. And then this is my favorite and willing to adapt themselves to their husbands, which I feel like is the best word for submission is being willing to adapt yourself to your husband. So I hope that that is encouraging for you today. I also want to share with you a planner that my friend Becky, who I met when Scott and I went and visited our friends Jordan and Jared and Riley and Margo in Illinois. Jared is a pastor of the church in Carbondale and Jordan, his wife, has the Fruitful and Fearless podcast for women and Becky was recently on her podcast and she shared about her planner that she created and it is for the woman of the home. I bought it so she gives you two options. You can either do a PDF download or you can buy the physical copy and get it mailed to you and I will link the podcast episode below because it was really inspiring hearing her heart for how she created this planner. And also, I bought the PDF version because I was really naive thinking, oh, I'll bookbind my planner this year. And then you realize how many pages planners have and there's no way I can bookbind. I haven't even finished printing it, but there's no way I'm going to bookbind this. So I'm just going to end up doing, uh, punching three ring, uh, three holes in it and putting it in a three ring binder, but I'll show you a glimpse of it. It's really beautiful. So the beginning of it, you have like your weekly cleaning schedule, daily rhythms, and these are for the full year. And then, uh, you have your month layout and I printed mine on my paper, my nice paper that I use for book binding. And you have notes, projects, and then for each week you have a weekly planner. So your organizational focus, prayer list, brain dump, things just to get on the paper. Then she provides a meal list so you can do all your meals and then recipe location, which is genius because when you are making your meal preps for the week, I don't know how many times it's like, oh, it's in this recipe book or on this website or Pinterest or whatever. And then she goes into the daily planner and there's scripture throughout it. And it's just, it is really, really well done. I'm very excited about it. So I will link the podcast and I'll also link uh, the where you can buy this planner if it is something that you're interested in. It is supporting someone who is a stay-at-home mom of two children and loves the Lord. And uh, she's just, Becky is very inspiring. Um, she is also on Instagram. Her Instagram page is called Keeping Home. So I wanted to share that with you in case you are looking for a planner for your new year. Also, I've been doing a deep dive into my Ancestry.com profile. Scott's mom bought us uh, a kit to do the Ancestry DNA test right when we got married. And I know some people are like all weird about that with the 23andMe thing. I do have a little bit more trust in Ancestry.com. I'm not sure if I should, but also at the end of the day, I think it's really fascinating. It's been really fun to see. And that was, she bought it for us in 2017. And so uh, we just, sometimes we get moments of inspiration where we get really excited about looking into it. And that 
has been recently, we've been uh, looking into it and you can see the census. So, um, like I think it was the 19, some census in the 1930s, but when you click on it, you can see that the people wrote it in their fountain tip pens and for the women, their jobs, they always put keeping home or keeper of the home or keeper of house. And I was like, wow, how cool. That was literally the way that was normal. All of the women had their titles as keepers of the home. And I just thought that was so cool and so inspiring because there's always so much flack about women being homemakers. I've shared it in a video before, but one time I went to a doctor and I wrote homemaker on the uh, occupation and he thought that I built homes. <laughs> he was so confused. And even when I tried explaining it, he was like looking at me very, very dumbfounded. But I was like, wow, a hundred years ago, this was literally what the expected thing was to write down on their occupation for the census. So let's get back to that. Okay, so something that I am very excited about this year is to dive deeper and perfect or grow into my fiber skills, specifically knitting, but also crocheting, embroidering, and even I've been watching YouTube videos of people spinning their own wool and uh, making, I forget what it's called, where it's like wool that, oh, felted, like felted animals. I've seen videos where people make these cute little felted owls, but it's really inspired me to really grow these skills. And I feel like I've just had this hunger to learn this within the past year and a half. And it really started. So my mom crochets. She's crocheted my whole life and she tried teaching me when I was in high school and I just had no interest in it at all. And then she's always said, if you want to learn, I'll, I'll teach you. And I just have never learned. And then last year, Scott and I went to Illinois. We were there for a month. We went to help our friends, Riley and Margo. They were renovating a house. So Scott was helping Riley. I then was with Margo and Margo was like, do you want me to teach you how to knit? And I was like, sure, like, why not? And she did. So she said, pick something that you want to learn to knit and I'll teach you by actually doing a project because then you'll be inspired to keep doing it. So she said something that's very simple is like a winter knitted um, headband. So that's what she got me started on. And then we obviously left. And so I had to kind of figure out from there on my own. And thankfully there are tons of YouTube videos on this. Hobby Lobby actually has a really good video on teaching you how to knit how to cast on and how to cast off. And that's what I used and it was really helpful. I think because they showed me in the same way that Margot was showing me. So that was very familiar for me because I didn't realize there's like a thousand different ways to cast on and cast off. So that was helpful. And then if you watch my homemaking chats videos from the summer, I started doing dish towels and then come the fall, I wanted to make something for my nephew for Christmas. So I was looking at videos on YouTube and there is a lady and she has a YouTube channel called Crafty Patty and she gives you a free in-depth tutorial of how to knit the most adorable bear. And it's like an hour and 20 minutes, but she goes through and teaches this so clearly that I feel if you've never knitted anything, you could probably start on this project because she does everything so slow. She shows you 
every single knit along the way, every purl, like, I kind of feel I'm so new at knitting that every time I start a new project that I'm don't know what I'm doing because it's been so long since I've cast on. So me doing her bear, I kind of felt like it was like the first time all over again. So I literally just followed everything that she did and the bear turned out so cute. It did take me a long time. I had a blast doing it. And then I was even more encouraged because Scott and I got library card memberships this week, which we haven't done in forever. And it makes you realize how much how much free wisdom and resources are in the library. Why did we wait so long to get library cards? I don't know, but we did. We finally got library cards and you're allowed to get two free books your first time you get the card. So he got a book and then I got a book and the book that I got is this one. It immediately stood out to me. It was in the knitting section. Uh, it's called Heirlooms from Loving Hands by Sandy Linham Clow. And this is I would consider this like an inspirational book. She gives you a lot of her own story, but the why behind fiber art and knitting and really any handcrafted thing you make, she gives meaning to it and what it meant to her. So she talks about learning to sew and to knit and to quilt from her mom and her grandma and how their heirlooms were now passed down to her, like the doilies and things that were really meaningful. And even she mentions her grandma's thimble and how she now has that and how special that is. And I mean, it's a beautiful book as well, because she, this is all of her own art that she has painted, that she's put into it. I mean, it is beautiful. So it's just such an inspiring book and it really confirmed to me my excitement for knitting and also made me excited to pick up my crochet needle and learn to crochet because that is what my mom does. And she talks about what are the things that your mom or your grandmas did and how you learning those skills is a family thing that then you can pass down to your children and to their children and it can be like a, an heirloom of like well my grandma did this and my mom did this and so it's been so inspiring to me so I think that's something to think about as we go into the new year is think about what are the things that your mom or your grandma did and picking up those skills and practicing those things if you don't know what things your ancestors did to start from scratch what is something that makes you excited and that you will feel joy in being able to teach your daughters and their daughters so I found this book just so inspiring so that is my excitement goal for this year to get more into these handcrafts I find for myself it's easy to watch YouTube videos of people doing other things and get really excited about something new like I mentioned the felting of animals it's so cool get so excited about something new buy all the stuff and then it sits there whereas instead I want to steward the things that I already have I have purchased wool yarn. So what can I make out of that wool yarn? And that is something that is important for me. I really want all of my projects that I do to be made out of natural, sustainable fibers. So with the bear that I made, the yarn was a cotton linen yarn. And then for the stuffing, I used the 
stuffing from the organic pillow that I got. So I got my pillow from a company called Savvy Rest and they way overstuffed this pillow to the point where it's like hard as a rock. But they do that on purpose so then you can adjust how full you want it yourself and you could even make a second pillow because they give you so much stuffing. So I used that because it was 50% organic wool and then 50% latex and I used that to stuff the little bear with. So the bear was totally natural like the baby could hug on it chew on it whatever and there's no synthetic chemicals in it which makes me really excited and so that's what I my hope and my goal is for knitting and crocheting is to use fibers like wool linen cotton yarn there's a website called paradise uh paradise fibers I think it is and they sell beautiful beautiful yarn. I actually had the tab left up <laughs> on my computer because I'm like keeping an eye out on the clearance section to see when things go on clearance to try to get some more yarn from them. And another thing that I've realized when it comes to knitting, after making this bear, I was like, well, I want to make a sweater and so I look on Ravelry for a free knitting pattern and I found several for beginners but trying to read knitting patterns is like trying to read music notes and I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know how to do it and I realized with the bear what I should have done was while she's teaching the video print out the pattern that she provided so I could also be looking at the pattern so I can learn how to read the code words and what they mean. So that's my current situation is I'm trying to find something that I can make where there's a full tutorial of it on YouTube and then also find that pattern and be able to follow the pattern and watch someone else do it because I don't feel confident enough in just following a pattern at the moment, especially if it's something big like a sweater. I don't want to do all of that work and it turned out a nightmare because I was just guessing what I was supposed to be doing. And that's why I think the bear turned out was because I only did what she showed me to do in the video. And sometimes when it comes to creative things, I'm like, oh, creative liberty, I'll figure it out. But you can't really do that with knitting. I'm sure you can once you know what you're doing, but I can't do that because I don't have a clue what I'm doing. I did get this book last fall from a thrift store. It was originally from Hobby Lobby for 12 bucks and I got it for a dollar. And uh, they have all kinds of like winter knitted stuff in here. Like that beautiful, that's a beautiful scarf. Um, and so I did make one thing out of this book. It's this uh, cowl and it turned out pretty good. I did mess up. There's this, which I did this in the first headband that I made too. I don't know if I knitted when I was supposed to purl, but um, I definitely put a line in the cowl and, but Scott's like, that's your signature touch on things. But it turned out really pretty and I definitely made it too wide because it's not super snug up against my neck. But for my first cowl that I made, I'm pretty impressed with it. So that's that. And then I also want to share with you that if you want to get into these type of things, I highly recommend thrift stores for finding your supplies and also online auctions. I've talked about online auctions quite a bit, but I've gotten a lot of threads and um, like bulk 
thread and fabrics from online auctions and they tend to go for pretty cheap. I don't know if people just don't want those things, but I've gotten so much different color thread for sewing from auctions. So if you want to do that, there is a website called Hybid and each state, I think every state, you might have to look into that, but you put in your state name and then put H-I-B-I-D and then it should show up. You have to create an account, which will be free, and then you can put in your zip code and what radius you're willing to travel and it'll show all of the online auctions near you. So that is a great way to get things like needles or yarn or fabric for uh, cheap if you're wanting to learn a new hobby and you're not sure if it's something that you actually will enjoy doing. They, I feel like when you are buying materials that are lower cost, there's like less risk involved in starting a new project. Also yard sales are amazing. I got this knitting needle set from a yard sale last fall. It was a churchyard sale and I got it for $10, which is amazing because there are so many needles in here. And even if you buy these metal needles from thrift stores, they usually range from a dollar to $2. And so I, more than made up for this and paying for this for 10 bucks and it's so pretty and it's so quaint and there was all kinds of other little embroidery needles in this pocket little foldable scissors and these are the needles that I used to make the bear the little thin needles I used the wooden needles I've used this plastic white ones for making dish towels and I just I love it it's so beautiful I love the way that it feels and it zips up really nicely and then i also got this canvas bag with the leather straps from hobby lobby recently so that way when i'm traveling in the car i can put my yarn and my project in here and it keeps it all together i've realized with baskets yarn seems to get like snagged with the wood on the baskets so when i saw this i was like oh i like this it was not very expensive and my plan is to embroider something on it. I'm thinking a scripture or something on it. I haven't fully decided, but that's my travel bag for my projects, which I don't have a new project yet because I still need to find one. If you have any suggestions with tutorials for any knitting or crocheting projects, send them my way. I think this stuff is so fun and I have such an excitement to learn it. And it's one of my favorite things to do in the evening as I'm slowing down is to just sit and knit a project project. And since we got library card memberships, there's that Libby app to where you can listen to audiobooks for free. I mean, the audiobook, you have to make sure that they're not reserved, which most of the audiobooks that I've looked up have been, but I did find one audiobook that is uh, this is a whole I'll go into this on a whole nother thing because it's a whole nother tangent but I've been listening to this audiobook on the royal family and I am so captivated it's so interesting to me but that can be for a whole nother podcast sometime so something else th that's been fun that I did the other day was I finally made candles so a few years ago again at an in-person auction I bought these little um vases so I have round ones and square ones and I bought them thinking they would be the perfect candle holder and I got them for super cheap and my plan was to make candles out of them. I had all of the stuff to make it. Back when I quit my job in 2018 I decided that I was gonna make candle stuff so I bought a whole bunch of stuff then. I bought um, wick and the little container you use to melt the wax in and the 
stickers for the bottom and then the metal piece that you stick the wax in that you then stick to the bottom. So I bought all of those things and I did make candles in 2018 and then I just kind of stopped. And then when I found these, I bought, this was before we had bees, I bought candle wax from Frontier Co-op and I bought the white kind, which now looking back, I'm like, why did I think buying the white kind was better than buying the yellow kind. The only thing I could think is that it was must have been on clearance or on sale. <laughs> but that's what I bought. So this is the white beeswax, which they have cleaned the beeswax so much that it, when it burns, it doesn't even smell like beeswax anymore to where I did have yellow beeswax on hand too when I made these candles that I was like, okay, I am going to try and see what the smell difference is between the white beeswax and the yellow beeswax. And it is a huge difference. This smells amazing. And these really smell like nothing. So this is not from our bees. I am saving our beeswax for when making salves and beauty care stuff. Our wax I know is so pure and organic that I don't want to say waste, but I don't want to use it to make candles that I'm just going to burn. I'd rather use it for my face or for lotion or for chapstick, something that's going to go on my body and just use um, purchased yellow wax to make candles, which was this. It's one of those bricks blocks of, of wax that I used to make this one. So I made a bunch of these the other day and my motivation for finally getting to making these, I wanted to figure out how to burn resin, which there's a little bit of a backstory behind this. So about a month ago, Scott and I were driving around an area that we hadn't been before. And I just put in my maps like boutiques or local shops or something. And, and an herb shop showed up that was like part of a greenhouse. And then I got on their website real quick and it showed that they were open and they only had like two more days they were going to be open before they were closed for the rest of winter. So we're never in this part of town. So I was like, we should go. So Scott and I pulled in. It was a rainy day and it was this garden center greenhouse. And we ran into this greenhouse and no one was around. This one lady was in the back. So no one was shopping there. And thankfully, we didn't know it at the time, but we realized after we left that the lady was actually getting ready to leave and close up the shop for the day. So we made it just in time. And the shop was filled with all types of really cool herbal stuff. So like bottles that you could use to make herbal things, wax, loose leaf herbs, books, you name it, all types of stuff. And then they also had a section where they sold resin. So this is myrrh. And this was $4.75 for this little baggie. This is what it looks like. And it got me curious when I saw that they were selling the resin because a few years ago, my mother-in-law went to Iran and she got me this frankincense resin. And I've had it for years and I've never known what to do with it. So I've never done anything with it. I've just sat it on my herbal shelf as something beautiful because I love the container that I put it in and... It really is super pretty, but I didn't know what to do with it. So I asked the lady in there, I was like, what do you do with this resin? And she had some charcoal. Well, they didn't have any, but 
she had a, a section where they should be. They were all sold out of these charcoal discs. And she said, you sit the resin on the charcoal disc, you um, take a match or a lighter and you light the charcoal and the charcoal burns and then it burns the resin. And so she was like, you can find it online since we're, we're sold out. So I get home and I decide to look up how to burn resin on YouTube. <laughs> and I don't know why I've never done this before, but I never had, and this all just inspired me. So I started watching YouTube videos and a lot of reviews about the charcoal disc were that they were really smoky. So if you like smoky incense, then maybe you should do the charcoal resin. I don't like that, so I was like, yeah, that's not what I want. So I watched this video of a girl who made her own like makeshift thing on um, burning incense. And this isn't what hers looked like. Hers, she just kind of like squiggled all these wires together, but I made mine a little different than hers because I wanted it to still look pretty and hers was a little bit all over the place. I mean, mine's kind of all over the place, but I made this little like dish thing out of wire and it kind of scoops down like that. And then she said, take foil, which I don't love foil. I don't use foil for anything. The only time I use foil is if like cooking a ham, you need to cover it up. You put parchment paper down and then you put foil over top. So that's why I have foil. I don't love foil. I tried to find other options for this and I couldn't find any other way to burn resin without it leaking through because there are like actual resin burners, but the resin will drip. So if there is something you have discovered, I am very curious about this. But basically, then she said you sit your foil in the little uh, wire rack that you created. So I'm like making a, a, a boat, I guess you'd call it, out of the foil. And make a little dish like that. Put it in your wire rack. Then you can take your resin. So I'm gonna do frankincense. I tried doing frankincense and myrrh at the same time, but myrrh burns a lot faster than the resin does. So not all the resin will end up getting used, but then you take your little piece of resin, put it down. I have this candle burning. I put it in this little dish that I have. You probably could, if the candle burned down more, I probably could put it directly on this, but because the candle's still pretty high up, I think the flame would directly touch the foil, which I don't really want to do. So I put it down in this dish, and then I put the little boat with the resin on top, and then it'll start burning. And you might be able to see it start burning now. I usually just keep this in my little living room area. And then when I'm reading my Bible in the morning, I love the way that this feels. I love the smell of it. I prefer the frankincense smell over the myrrh. I think Scott does too. The myrrh smells very strong and very like sanitizing is how I would describe it. I like the frankincense smell because it's very rich smelling or f I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. So that has been so much fun figuring out how to actually burn the resins and you read the Bible and it's like the frankincense and myrrh were gifts given to Jesus. So there is clearly 
beautiful meanings behind them and reasons to fill our homes with the smell of the things that were given to Mary and Joseph from the wise men. So it's very fascinating to me. It's been really fun to learn about it and to try these things. I'm not sure I would buy any more re myrrh resin. This will be enough to last me a very long time with how, I don't know, I just, I do not prefer the, the myrrh over the frankincense. And I have an abundance of frankincense as well. Well, I think that is all I have for you today. I hope that you have enjoyed this video or podcast, whatever way that you are able to listen to it. And I bless you, I bless your household, and I bless the work of your hands. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please leave us a review. And if you want to follow along on YouTube, our channel is Scott and Kelly. And my Instagram page is Home with Kelly, Kelly with an I. Thanks so much, and we hope you have a blessed day.